This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. This show is brought to you by IndieWrestling.us. Check out IWC, RWA, and more. And listeners like you, support this show at patreon.com slash wrestlingmayhemshow. Hey guys, it is the Indie Mayhem Show, the show where we talk with people in and around independent professional wrestling. I'm Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on Twitter here in our studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at Sorgatron Media, of course, as usual. And of course, before we get into our uh, big game guest today, uh, I want to remind everybody, please go check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com and IndieWrestling.us to support and catch other uh, other things, other people we've talked to. Wrestling Mayhem Show is a great podcast network where we have a lot of great professional wrestling podcasts and I have a lot of fun with the communities over there on Facebook. And at the IndieWrestling.us, of course, you can find all the back episodes of the Indie Mayhem Show talking with a lot of people including a lot of people that you see on television today that I may have interviewed after their first match in my own basement several years ago. You never know who we've had. Oh, we've been doing this for a long, long time. I forgot that I stopped numbering it, so I don't even know how long it's been. Uh, so uh, you can check out that. And, of course, check out uh, uh, Wrestling Action over there at IndieWrestling.us, uh, IndieWrestling.network. A lot of people we do talk with on the show are featured among a lot of the great promotions that we do work with today. And I don't believe we've come across today's guests Amongst our productions, other than most recently, I had the opportunity to be um, behind the scenes at the um, the Polycult Party Two, um, and uh, and this is where I met today's gentleman. You may have seen him on uh, that little mini doc that we did that we put out on social media, or uh, just recently should have dropped was the uh, Corona wrestling with uh, wrestling with coronavirus <laughs> series that we've been doing on social media. Big Game Leroy is on the line with us from from New York City, correct? Yes, from Brooklyn, New York. Yes. <laughs> fantastic the pittsburgh new york connection which seems to happen all the time here you know i love new york i love brooklyn stayed there a little bit and usually around right. wrestling reasons so <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think mb has the best one he says he's a he's a pittsburgh born new york paid or something like yeah. that I oh no that it's was great a cool one. that's great it's, 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 i love it i love it uh, gr- glad to see him representing here uh and, and seeing some really big cool stuff uh going on there uh so so before we get into stuff you know we kind of had a little bit of soft introduction there but i, I like to kind of break the ice because you know, like me i have only recently discovered you thanks to the poly mm-hmm. party and, and uh, you know the polyam cult and everything um and, and the great the great work that mv young's doing to, to, to get other names to other regions like we we had with that <laughs> um but i like to ask the question for uh, people that don't know you you know, uh, uh, first of all, like, what was your earliest kind of memory, earliest uh, 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 thing with uh, uh, professional wrestling that kind of got you hooked? Oh, I um, I think I've said this a few times, but like my earliest, earliest memory, uh, I guess I'm maybe on the younger side to some people, whatever, uh, was The Rock cutting a promo. And I, I think I was probably like maybe three or four. And I just remember being hooked. Like, I don't remember what he was saying, but he was doing it in his very rock way. And it was just, it was just entertaining and it sucked me in. And it was like, it wasn't any wrestling in the ring. It was just him on the microphone entertaining the fans. And uh, I really can't remember exactly what he was saying or what he was doing. But I just remember seeing the people going nuts and hanging on everything he said. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I think that's the earliest memory I got. (laughs) That's awesome. I I saw an interview that you were really hooked on early UPN SmackDown. Yes, that is also very true. Once I started actually remembering 
wrestling and I started like remembering things as a, as a child, as a, as a post zygote, I was like, Oh, okay. UPN SmackDown. Like this is, this is, this is it. This is awesome. Eddie Ray edge, Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. uh, early Lesnar, even like, I was like, Oh, this is, this is rad. This is awesome. <laughs> And that would have been that would have been right in the in the middle of the brand split and everything where the yeah man it was a hot era like introduction probably introduction of uh, uh Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas around that time right oh, yeah you know, world's greatest tag team yeah, yeah yeah a lot of lot of new kind of new faces mixing in it was it was man that was that was probably the best of the 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 2000s right there no definitely I mean I thought SmackDown was the better brand and I wasn't just by I don't think I'm just biased I think a lot of people share that sentiment as well you know like I look back on it and. I didn't have cable as a kid. I only had UPN. Mm-hmm. So I was super biased. But then I would go over to my cousin's house or my uncle's house and I'd watch Raw and I'd just be like, okay, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, but uh, what else is there? Yeah. And like, then everybody else is like killing it on SmackDown, like the tag division, the cruiserweights, especially the cruiserweights. Like the SmackDown cruiserweights were like slept on. Like, oh man! <laughs> no, yeah, it was it was a it was a big thing back then. So, so connected because we're going to talk a little bit about the video game thing as well. What was your yes. earliest memory of video games that got you hooked? Oh, easy. Uh, I think my first, I think my fourth Christmas, I got Pokemon Yellow on the Game Boy Color, and that was my first <laughs> Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that one was my first one because some people are like, oh, I started with red or blue, and I, you know, and I'm like. No, I started with yellow, which meant I could have all three starters. I had Pikachu following me around everywhere. Mm-hmm. I could check his mood and stuff. And I was a pretty bad trainer as a four-year-old. So, you know, I could barely read. <laughs> and uh, he would always be angry and, gr- and and grumpy whenever I checked on his mood. And uh, that was uh, something that stuck with me and traumatized me for quite <laughs> some time. Every single time I look at Pikachu, he's grumpy. And I'm just like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> Come on. I'm like fighting all these pokemon and stuff and i'm taking you to the pokemon center we're leveling up why are you still angry (laughs) (laughs) oh my it it was practice for having a pet right (laughs) yeah absolutely i mean who needs tamagotchi you have a pikachu grouching at you all day (laughs) Mm. uh so talk to me a little bit about um you know you know obviously you're you're hooked on that early the smackdown kind of thing um you know what you know was it something that early on you said i want to get in the ring and do this or was that something that kind of developed later on uh, uh as you grew up uh, it's people are always surprised because I feel like the cliche wrestling thing is, oh man, the moment I saw it, man, I was hooked and I knew I had to do it. And it's like, I grew up a pretty, uh, scrawny kid, if that's not a surprise to people. And uh, <laughs> I was a nerdy kid as well. And, um, I didn't really believe wrestling was something I could legitimately do because, you know, your whole life are kind of taught that you have to be a, a freak of nature, six foot five and 250 pounds of muscle. And even as a kid in my wildest dreams, I could never see myself growing up and like being that so i was kind of like ah, wrestling probably isn't for me and i'm just gonna watch it and just love it and stuff and it wasn't until i was like a teenager like an early teenager that i started thinking to myself maybe i could do it and maybe i should at least try and like if i suck at it or whatever at least get to tell people i tried mm-hmm. versus like never trying it and then just having regret for the rest of my life and you know the era the times changed as well independent wrestling became a bigger thing Guys like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk at the time were starting to become like top guys. Cause like in wrestling, I was like, oh, small guys can be on the roster and get signed and do good. But like, it wasn't like, oh, they can be viewed as a top, top guy. And when I saw Punk and Bryan, I was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe like, maybe it's our time to shine. Maybe, maybe smaller guys can make it and not just make it on the roster, but like be the top billing draws of the industry or whatever. And I was like, okay, let me, let me really try. Let me really like, you know, train. And then if I suck, 
whatever. But I need to like do this before like I'm too old or whatever. So is it was it you know you were a geeky guy, but did you have any? Did you did you travel for sports? Do you have any kind of athletic kind of like you know just kind of get? <laughs> he's laughing at me. He's like, no, I was playing. Po- I was just trying to train that Pikachu through my teenage years, right? <laughs> I mean, I played a little bit of Wii Fit. And Wii there sports. you go. Hey, that counts. <laughs> um, I was um. I, it's not that I was I'm not like athlete like I wasn't athletic as a kid like I I liked running a lot and like mm-hmm. uh, I think in high school I was like doing a little bit of like a like a like a track club or whatever like we'd run the Williamsburg Bridge a few times or whatever and I was always a big runner I liked that a lot when I was younger I played like baseball and uh, kickball in my gym class and I wasn't bad at it so it wasn't like I was unathletic I just wasn't interested enough to get really good at these sports. The only thing that ever hooked me was wrestling mm-hmm. and like you know to your friends that's like the least sportsy sports thing there is <laughs> so you know i couldn't fit in but definitely like wrestling was always in my head and i was like okay if i'm gonna be a wrestler i need to try to get in the best shape ever and it was really funny because um, there's this thing called spartan race i don't know if you're familiar with it it's one of those those really difficult like marine runs or something right yeah, so yeah. you like run through a mountain, you have to like climb rope and it's almost like an army, like you have to like jump, you have to crawl through mm-hmm. mud, you have to go through the trenches, you have to, you know, do a whole climb, if you have to do a bunch of burpees, you have to go uphill with this giant thirty-five pound sandbag. It, it, it wasn't fun. And And this is one of those <laughs> like I, I know like a lot of them are, are courses designed by Marines. That yes. to simulate their training, basically, right? Like there was a, there, yeah, there, 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 we we done interviews with them in the past, not on this show. <laughs> but, so, um, literally two months before I started training to be a pro wrestler, uh, mm-hmm. at the age of seventeen, seventeen, uh, I had I my friends they had done Spartan race. Like I had I was friends with these two super athletic dudes who, for whatever reason, were friends with a nerdy kid, and they were like, "Hey, like you should tag along," and I was like. Yeah, I'm gonna try to be a wrestler, so I should probably like get good at this athletic stuff. And um, I probably should have trained for that. I probably should have like worked out for that and gotten ready for that. But um, just kind of wung it, you know. I just kind of winged it and stuff. And it was like I finished it. You know, my time wasn't amazing or anything special, but I finished it. And I thought to myself, okay, I'm ready for this. If I could finish the Spartan race, and I I didn't give up, and I just pushed through it. It was like a mental, like a mental toughness kind of thing rather than like a physical toughness thing that at least you know at least i did my thing because like i couldn't i couldn't even lift the 35 pound bag like my friend he ended up having to lift it for me for a good chunk of it and then i had to always do burpees because i couldn't like lift up my own body weight and stuff like that like i swear i was probably like 100 maybe 40 pounds back then and like it was just it was a, I w- it was a sad thing, but I wasn't giving up. I was still running up that hill. I I did that little jump over the fire pit at the end, and that was pretty cool. And like I look back on that, and I'm like, oh, that's what I did to prepare myself to be a wrestler and start training to be a wrestler, I should say. <laughs> so so you're feeling pretty good. You accomplish this big physical task, and then you get into and we've all heard the stories about the starts of wrestling training. So did that actually prepare you or was it still a wake-up call i'm not sure if it, I, like i don't know like i may, I probably didn't have to do it right <laughs> right yeah because i do think mentally it pushed me in that place of like okay physically demanding thing mm-hmm. how do i push through it and keep doing physically demanding thing even though it hurts even though it's difficult even though meant like you know it, it's it's a hurdle you know because a lot of people 
that's the difficult thing because in wrestling uh we have to reteach our body like oh these things hurt oh we're still going to go anyways and keep on going and keep on fighting and keep on wrestling and that's that's tough because your body usually goes no that's dumb that hurts we're going to stop and like die or whatever (laughs) so like you have to train yourself for that and i think it helped mentally like a lot like for that and it helped me with the mental confidence that okay anything physical or anything physically grueling i can push through and like i have limits and i'm human of course like i'm not going to be able to like lift the 300 pound guy no matter how much i mentally tell myself i can but at least i know whatever pain i go through i know i can tolerate it and push through it and endure it and you know do the things i need to do in the ring and i think that was really cool for me to like learn for myself because i didn't always have that confidence that's great um so what what school did you go to how did you discover it uh i went to the house of glory uh wrestling school and uh it was funny because me and a friend of mine actually started uh training there together and i was actually going to go to johnny rods and he discovered oh no this school is way closer and it's trained by the amazing red and once he said amazing red i was i was like oh mm-hmm. i watched that guy on tv and st- i was like oh yeah yeah I'm, I'm going to train over there like i mean johnny rods hall of famer but the amazing red's the guy who i grew up kind of watching and stuff and i saw on tna and stuff so i'm gonna jump there and i i'm not afraid to admit that was a whole fanboy thing but i was like i'm going there like you know and also he's still wrestling and stuff and i feel like there's more for him to teach me because he's still uh doing it and doing it at a high level and stuff like that and he's a guy um you know more recently in in, in several years ago uh he was doing a great series here in pittsburgh area with Renegade wrestling alliance against sanjay dutt so like he was he's definitely more fresh in my mind because of that and it was a great experience filming those matches too. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's definitely like someone like and I, you know, he's he's an all-time great, you know, of our of our of our generation. I mean, a lot of people emulate his style, a lot of people we see on TV at the highest levels give him so much respect because he innovated so much of that style that we see now. That indie high-flying cruiserweight style that is prevalent in the the later 2000s and, and 2010s like that that's all him really you know mm-hmm. and i mean like that i think that's super cool and super cool to know that i learned directly from that and stuff like that excellent so how did you develop through that uh into you know you weren't you weren't big game leroy to begin with uh what did you develop into in in, in your kind of first stints out of school there uh so when I first started uh, wrestling at the shows there, I wasn't I wasn't really wrestling wrestling at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a part of a uh, cash flow Ken Broadway's a faction cash flow, and we were a bunch of uh, we were a bunch of jerks. You know, he he was <laughs> flaunting his money and he would use it to get his advantage over his opponents. Uh, he would use me as like this paid off ref, and I would help him win matches and stuff like that. I was a really I was a real jerk, <laughs> and. Um, you know, I'm, I'm like his young boy, which in wrestling, it means like essentially you're you're their servant and you're like their indentured servant and you do you carry their bags, you serve them water and all that stuff. And that's what I was doing for the, uh, I guess, first two years of my career, um, which was really cool because like, I mean, some people like they train for years and years and they don't get to see like a show or a crowd mm-hmm. up until they debut as a full on wrestler. Yeah. For me, I kind of got to learn and I kind of got to like be a part of shows and maybe not even a wrestling capacity, but I got to like feel the environment, feel the crowd and kind of feel what it means to be ringside to big matches and stuff like that. So when I did get to debut and I finally got to be myself and I finally got to wrestle, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't completely nerve wracking. It wasn't completely overwhelming. It was a lot more something I was more comfortable with because I had been out in front of a crowd for two and a half years, you know? 
So so it's a little bit of like you got part of it out of the way. Now I can just concentrate on having a good match. Exactly. And like, you know, part of it, too, was like, you know, I just learned a lot of stuff about like how to feed off the crowd or how to go against them and stuff like that, that a lot of people like, you know, you usually figure out as you're wrestling and as you're going about it and stuff like that, like it was fun, you know, and I, I, I look back on it and I'm like, oh, that was a really perfect way to kind of break into the business. Part of it was because I had this, this cool story of like, this guy is like a jerk to me and I'm his servant and stuff like that. And now after a while, people are kind of like, oh, we want to see this, this little kid, this, this kid in wrestling, you know, beat up that rich guy or whatever and show him what's what and you know eventually it did and the fans really got behind me in a way and i think like that stuff is it, that's a blessing you know like mm-hmm. uh house of glory is definitely one of the you know uh, you know more influential independence it seems of course you know with the trainees attached to it and everything like that did that gain any opportunities uh for interesting uh, uh you know people coming in that you you know those first couple of years that you may have not had an opportunity otherwise uh, I think like the opportunities came in the the way of like meeting a lot of like big names at such mm-hmm. a like young level because I, I I think about other people who don't get an opportunity to share locker rooms with guys like Rey Mysterio and the Hardys and RVD, uh, Rhino. Uh, there's just so many Zack Saber Jr., Leo Rush. Wow. Uh, so many people I got to kind of pick their brains of and learn from. And maybe in the moment it's like they give you one or two sentences of advice, but then later on you're like, oh, that's what they meant by that. And you know, I, I look back on that and I'm just like super fortunate that I was like able to train in that environment and be a part of shows that that drew in superstars of that caliber because then I got to learn from some of the best and I got to like really like learn. I mean, within my first year in wrestling, I got to do a Samoa Joe seminar because Samoa Joe, it was right before, right after he left TNA and right before he signed with uh, NXT and he did a seminar and I got to learn from him and like to this day, you know, I mean, hopefully I can meet him in person. I he helped clean up a lot of my strikes. And, you know, it's hilarious because obviously when you think of Samoa Joe, you think of strikes and he helped me with a lot of that. And like, I, I hope I'm hoping to see him one of these days and then let him know, Hey man, you really, you really helped me out in that little seminar. You probably don't remember me, but you really helped me out in that seminar. Those little tip. It, it, it's always the little things, isn't it? <laughs> and those <laughs> things I see, you know, I, I, I don't know how many times I, I hear like, you know, somebody have a Paul London uh, seminar. And so I was like, I, I'm going to learn how to do a, a moonsault. And that's not what it's about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think Paul London's the one teaching that person the moon. They probably could have always done the moonsault. Probably. If they just right. needed to hear Paul London say, you got this. And then that just made it happen. You got this, man. You got this, man. Uh, Paul London <laughs> is one of the coolest, chillest dudes I've met. <laughs> so. So, I, so I've heard. I think I met him once in passing. I, mm. I think it was like a five borough show like a million years ago. <laughs> yeah, he's all over the place. So, um, a move from that. So, of course, you know the thing that got my attention. You're taking on another friend of the show, PB Smooth, at that Poly yes. Cult, and I and and I I I know nothing but talking with you beforehand uh, a, a little bit, and you come out and you got this Nintendo Switch, and <laughs> I'm like, and I'm like, you know, I'm a gamer myself. Uh, I don't have a Switch yet. Uh, but but man, oh. it's on the list. Like I like everything. It better else. be. I was gonna say you're kind of that kind of hurt me a little. Bit. Oh, it's like, one of those oh. like man, that's that's gonna be an investment in. Uh, I want to buy the Mario games, and those those don't. Uh, man, I'm a discount gamer, man. Uh, <laughs> I got the Game Pass. <laughs> I've been, I've got, I buy games for ten bucks, and I, I you know I have I'm having fun with it. But but that's fine. That's I, the way I, can, I, I can respect that. <laughs> I'm a gamer on a budget, you know. Uh, but uh, but I see you come out with that, and uh, and and I'm just like, he's like he's actually gonna wrestle with this thing. He's like, wait, that's 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 crazy. That's got to be a broken one, right? 
for and first of all, because we, we we talked a little bit on Twitter about you, you this and I saw like this is a functioning. This is your switch. This isn't just yes. like my busted up old one that I'm bringing into a wrestling match. You're <laughs> you're, you're playing no, there on the, the real show. deal. <laughs> Like so, I could flip, I could flip my phone camera, and you would see Super Mario Galaxy on my Switch, which is the same Switch I wrestled with in Pittsburgh uh, about a month ago. <laughs> like it's it's the Switch I use at home. I don't have any dummy Switch, no prop Switch. It's it is my Switch, and geez. I usually take time to make sure I show the fans and I show the people around what mm-hmm. I'm playing mm-hmm. and that it's the real deal. And then there's so much fun in that because then people go from like, oh, that's cute, and then they go, oh, wait, that's the real three hundred dollars system, so, and that's- so now. <laughs> There's this extra level of danger <laughs> added to your match. If anybody has a Switch, knows how much it costs, know, has ever dropped the phone and broken the screen and had to deal with that, <laughs> there's like, oh, this crazy guy's taking it in the ring and he's playing it. What is happening right now? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to me because people get like, Anything bad can happen in the wrestling ring, period. Like mm-hmm. injuries, whatever, freak accidents, all sorts of stuff. And then you just you just double it with a video game as well. So it's like not just me risking my health. It's like, no, it is also my my game console's yeah. health. Yeah. Like, like look, I'm I'm nervous with my, my cameras at ringside. I'm not in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but um I mean that's just who I am. Um it's just it's really funny like how it got started because like it started as like a as like a road trip joke like mm-hmm. i um i had a match uh in dojo wars czw dojo wars uh, about almost about two years ago i want to say and i was wrestling a girl for the first time and she's supposed to be like this this really nasty girl a bad you know bad girl and all this stuff and like and like i'm a super go happy go lucky kid and I was always kind of big on video games and stuff. And that was kind of like reflective of what I was trying to put out there. And I thought to myself, how do I wrestle this girl who's smaller than me and, and all this stuff? And how do I, how do we make this make sense? And I was like, it's my first time there. I want to make a good impression. I want to be remembered the usual wrestling stuff that we all struggle with on the independence. Yeah. So I thought to myself, well, it'd be really funny if like this, cause I'm playing my switch on the road up there. And I'm like, would it be really funny if I just like didn't put it down and I just kept, like wrestling her with it or whatever <laughs> and then and then i'm like and then my friends are like oh it's not a bad idea and i was like you know i'm gonna do it and then um it, it's funny to me because people think oh you probably just planned that out and i was like no like i just literally thought on that car ride that two-hour car ride like hmm, i could probably do a drop kick with my switch in my hands and not worry too much about it i could probably do a senton on her without too much worry about it and i was like well, I got some. I got some offense. Let's let's do it. <laughs> and that that's what I did. I think I did like a kick combination, a drop kick, and then uh, a senton on her. And the crowd of twenty people reacted, and they 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 ate it up. And I was like, okay, maybe there's something here. You know, maybe I don't even need to wrestle wrestle. I could do this. Um, and then once I started, like I started playing around with it. I started working on it, and um, I wrestled at this place called PPW a few months later. Uh, I think I want to say like four or five months later and I, it was like a battle Royal and I decided, Hey, it's a battle Royal. Why not? I just play with my switch and stuff. And I did a drop kick. I landed on my back. I sat up and the crowd reacted and they reacted in such a way that I was like, Oh, maybe there's actual money to this. And this isn't like just a, 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 an act. This is something that I could really build myself around. And it could be something that people really want to see and it can build attraction because like, 
sure, we've seen a video game guy in wrestling before and stuff like that. And I always admit that video game guy in wrestling is not an original Thing. I'm probably the, the seventh or eighth video game wrestling guy at this point. I, I think we're we're trying to set up a match between you and our, our local video game guy, Brohemoth, actually. So yeah, I, I heard, and then I was like, damn, another one. And I, I I feel bad. Like I don't I don't ever go defensive. I just feel bad because I'm like, oh man, like we're we're sucking up each other's uh energy and all that stuff because it's like because it's tough. It's tough out here. And like I I think the video game wrestling thing is just such a. I think it's so cool because. Most vid- most wrestling fans are video game fans, and I, I have this belief that nerd culture and the and these subcultures they they form together perfectly because mm-hmm. like people who are wrestling fans love video games, and people who love video games usually enjoy wrestling as well. And I'm like, you just mesh mash up those two audiences, and you have a much larger audience now. Absolutely, and, and even with that, like it's not like. Uh, you know, we we you know we know Beast Man, right? And it was like, well, it's not like he's the first caveman in wrestling, right? Uh, it's been happening for years, but now like he's like the you know maybe the best caveman in wrestling right now. You know, yeah. like like it's generational. You're different than a bro- Brohemoth because he does this like he's he's like the Bowser guy, you know? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. I much. Mean, I can't be Bowser. I, I wish. I right, wish I was that right. He's like more a video game <laughs> character. I mean, we've seen in in in, in Trakara with the the Smash Brothers and stuff. Like like this, but there's but but there's <laughs> still big game. Leroy is his own thing. Yes. And I was I was constantly looking for that because I had definitely been a part of like a lot of locker rooms and stuff where people just go, oh, you're like trying to be like Xavier Woods. Right. And I'm just like, oh, come on, man. I'm just like, I'm trying to do my (laughs) own thing. I'm trying to like do good. And but to be fair, I mean, he's popularized it. So so that's going to be definitely. And that's awesome. And like Xavier Woods, like that that's the dude that's a homie like i i love that dude like he's awesome mm-hmm. and his channel's super hilarious what he does with the new day has been super entertaining for years and like there's no hate in that i just think that in wrestling it's tough to like stand out on your own and then the minute someone compares you to somebody else it's like well i, I can i can i just be me <laughs> like i just want to be me <laughs> Well, to that, uh, I, I I actually had an opportunity in the last week to check out um, the the uh, wrestlers take Manhattan special on IWTV, yeah. and, and I didn't know because I think I saw a little gif of this, and I didn't know this was the thing. Uh, you took on MV Young, I believe it was for the Ring Light Championship. Yes, it was. And uh, and this was and this this I think debuted just days after the uh, the Poly Call Party too. And yes. uh, you it was in the style of a Street Fighter game. <laughs> yes. Which was fantastic. <laughs> no, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun to to take MV to to my game, mm-hmm. quote unquote, and to like show him a little bit of, of of how we fight in these games, you know. And I think like in all seriousness, I think that that was something I wanted to do with cinematic wrestling for so long, mm-hmm. and I was just waiting for the means to do so and for like the right time because you know I think maybe a year ago somebody would have been like, oh, cinematic wrestling, that's whack, or that's that's super corny or something, and like. Now it's like, you know, there was so much buzz around that. A lot of people seemed really entertained and a lot of people really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as like just watching it back. And I was like, oh, this is really, really cool. You know, like it's a nice mix of some intense action, but then there's some laughs and then there's something in there. If you're a video game fan or wrestling fan and if you're both like it's 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 probably really fun, you know, Mm -hmm. there's something about this. And I have to ask you about this, too, because I've seen a few of these, seen a couple of the MV things. And uh, and and you know obviously these are all shoot around you know probably the Brooklyn neighborhood or New York City in general. Um, there just seems is it just the city? 
just lends to the randomness of the places. Because I'm watching this thing, and I'm like, these guys are fighting on top of a taxi. Did they acquire <laughs> yeah. the taxi, or did they happen across a taxi, and it's New York, so nobody gives a crap? <laughs> what you do with it? Yeah, no, it was. it's definitely the New York thing. We just happened to come across a taxi while we were brawling around, and it's like, why not kill each other on a taxi? That makes the most sense. And, you know, it's called Wrestlers Take Manhattan for a reason. So let's let's take let's show people the city and what we're all about. <laughs> There's an ad on it for one of the Star Wars movies. And I'm like, what is happening right now? And, and I, I think you see the taxi might have had like an air pack, airbag deployed or something. But it's like, where are they that they just like found this? <laughs> I mean, it, it, we we were fighting for that ring light title. I didn't even know where I was for a little bit. I was just trying to get a ring light. <laughs> helps light up the games, you know. Really good lighting for that. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, you just gotta yeah. They'll, they'll help your Twitch channel, right? Absolutely, <laughs> so, exactly. You get it. You already got there it. There you go. There you go. I pay no a couple of things about production. Uh, so, <laughs> um, another surprise: the the realizing that I've definitely uh, seen you before, uh, uh, just a few weeks ago at the Polycult. Um, you actually had an opportunity to be with AEW on AEW Dark. I mean, it's it's fantastic seeing the different faces in there, faces we know from the Indies, or yes. you know, or or here in Pittsburgh. Our boy Elijah Dean was just on there um, uh, from the area that we just did some work with, and uh, uh, you know, it, it's really cool to see that. Can you tell me how that came about and what that experience was like? Of course, this is in the middle of all of this it. craziness going on. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty crazy to me because like. Uh, I'm I'm pretty. Uh, I have some friends over there at uh, an AEW and stuff. And at the same time, like uh, right before everything shut down in New York, they were actually AEW supposed to come to New York. Mm-hmm. And I had already reached out to them, and I had said, "Hey, you know, I'm a local guy, and you know, please, you know, whatever." You know, I inquired the way most us of us indie guys inquire when they're in town, yeah, and in our town. They were supposed to be in New York for two days. I think it was Rochester and then the Prudential Center in Jersey. So there was going to be in the area for those two straight weeks. And I, I applied for both and stuff. And, you know, obviously the pandemic literally happened right before they came into New York. And, you know, that was that was a bummer. So when I found out that you kind of like like they were looking for bodies and guys and I had heard that from my friends, I put in the word. I said, hey, can you guys like like throw my name in there? Uh, my friend's private party. And I'm really, really, really close to those guys, like some of my best friends in the world. And they put in the word and they, they were AEW was like, yeah, let's do it. And. You know, then I'm catching a flight in the middle of a pandemic to Florida. (laughs) 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 You know, it it didn't it it, it, like it's crazy to me that, you know, and I feel almost guilty. It's like that only happens because of this state of the world, because a lot of their talent is stuck where they're stuck. And they're just like, well, we need guys. We need bodies, you know. Yeah. And not to diminish from my own accomplishment, because like that was like a, a goal goal for like a obviously like that's an end goal for a lot of people you know like that was a big goal for me and um to me it's like wow like that's almost like super lucky and but at the same time i got to make the most of this and stuff and like it was a really awesome experience everybody in the locker room it was the most positive locker room i've ever been in and obviously the most like the highest locker room i've probably ever been in Mm -hmm. and it to me it's just like you would expect there to be more pressure and more walking on eggshells and it was like no everybody was super great and you know, it helps that I knew a lot of people from the Indies there. I've known Alex Reynolds and John Silver. I've shared locker rooms with them. Uh, I had met Best Friends and Orange Cassidy before. Uh, Sonny Kiss is another person who used to be on the Indies with us and was awesome in the New York scene. Um, and it, it was just really great, you know. Like, it was a lot of fun, and everybody was so nice, so helpful. Uh, the feedback was really, really cool. My opponents were guys who I'd 
watched wrestle in the Bronx for, for years. And I've trained with them even before Santana Ortiz, you know, and they didn't go easy on us, but uh, you know, it was, it was still great. It was still great to be in the ring with them guys who I know, like who are just top notch, like the best, one of the best tag teams in the world, really. That's great. And, and, and this would be um, after they came to the daily place, correct? Like you weren't in the warehouse or something like that. Uh, no, no, no. This, yeah. This was the, this was the, the Jaguars. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is the daily place. <laughs> so, I, I almost like was like, Oh, it's not really a stadium. It, it's like there yeah, connected yeah. and all that. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Were there I mean, concerns with that? Like, you know, obviously you know, we've heard a bit about the protocols and everything. Uh, you know, if you watch being the lead, they talk about that. And I've, I've watched told Tony Khan interviews where he's talked about everything they do there. Um, yes. you know, and, and we've talked about like, you know, how serious this was and how, how you realized in that interview we did before on the, on the social media. Um, but you know, what, you know, how, how, how did they waylay your fears going into something like this? Well, I, I, I gotta say this, like, it would have been an amazing opportunity, but honestly, if there was no COVID test, if there was none of that, I wouldn't have went. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't know that before I like hopped on the plane and all that stuff, I yeah. would have like not went. So to me, it was like, okay, well, one, at the time, especially in New York, like COVID tests were already very like limited and stuff like that. And yeah, I was like, okay, well, I get to kill two birds with one stone. I kind of <laughs> get to get my COVID right, test. Right, right. And I, hopefully I, I don't have it. And like, I don't have to quarantine in Florida for 14 days. Because that would have been really, that would have been really, that would have really sucked. <laughs> I, I, I think we should drive this home for people that aren't, aren't in your situation up there. Um, like New York City was probably at the peak worst yeah. of the covid in the first wave here in this was may uh yeah. so when this came up yeah so um as soon as i heard that there was a covid test and i was made more comfortable because my friends obviously you know they were getting covid tests every week and stuff like that yeah. and you know they from for tv and they were like yeah like that's the procedure this is how they do it da, da, da. you have to you still wear your mask you still try to socially distance as much as you can even if you know everybody's safe you just have to be careful you know yeah that made me feel comfortable and i was like all right I'll, I'll i'll do this i think i think you know this is a really good opportunity obviously as well you know career changing opportunity and stuff like that so i was like okay i'm gonna do this and you know i did the test and they really did a good job because i'm like you know I'm, I'm i'm very like brutally honest with myself i'm like i'm an extra i'm just a joe schmo off the street to them and that's okay but the way they treated me did not make me feel that way because they, they made sure like our health and everything was first. They made sure to talk us through everything and communicate exactly what the procedures and the, the protocols were going to be like, how they would want us to, to react, like, how they want us to like go about doing things post-test. And like even after you're clear, they're still just like, no, still wear your mask as much as you can and still try to keep a social distance, you know, all this stuff. And I think that's... You know, and back in May, I was kind of like, huh, okay, okay. And now it's like, that's what we're all doing or what we all have to or should be doing at least. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really cool because to be very honest, like, you know, they were making it up as they were going along because there was so much we didn't know about this virus back in May. So much that we didn't know, so much that we were unaware of. And they were just kind of going, well, we got to be as, as safe as we possibly can if we're going to throw a wrestling show in a pandemic, a weekly TV show, wrestling show. And I think they did everything in their power to keep things safe. And I think, you know, they did a really good job. You know, I, I obviously I'm a little biased because I was there and my experience was what it was. But it's like I really feel like they did a really good job of making me feel safe and making me feel like a part of the roster in a weird way because they took such good care of me in terms of the virus. And then in terms of just like 
really taking care of me, you know, like they, everybody in that locker room made me feel like a part of the, the roster. And I think like something like that is really, really cool. Excellent. So it, it, it's so weird getting the end, some of the, the, the coolest opportunities while everything is nuts between this and, and, and seeing polycult parties and things like that. So generally you've been around for around six years in the business. Yes. Tell me what's the best and worst thing about indie wrestling for you? Uh, I think the worst thing and like is the Indian indie wrestling. And I, and I, it's funny cause I'm like, I'm going to also say that's like the best thing about it. But the worst thing is the indie aspect of it because everything is so indie. Everything is so like subject to change happens on a dime, you know? And it's like, nothing is ever as planned as you think it's going to be. Like when I was uh, a young teenager and I was watching guys like, like my indie guys, cause I got into indie wrestling a little late was like El Generico, Kevin Steen, the Bucks, uh, you know, uh, Candice LeRae, uh, Cedric Alexander, like guys like that. I was like, watching on a PWG and then he traveled to over there and then over there and then over there and then over there. And I was like, oh, that's so, that's so badass. That's so cool. They're traveling all over the country. They're probably making so much money, selling so much merch. doing. <laughs> and then you realize, oh, their flights aren't being paid for and they're driving most of the time. Oh, that it costs money to drive all across the country. Oh, Half the time, they don't even know for sure if they're like on the show. Half the time, they don't even know how much they're getting paid sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. these are the, this is like the nature of the industry as you learn when you start coming into it. And it's tough. And I'm not saying like, I'm not romantic. I hope I'm not romanticizing it because these are things that should be better, obviously. But, you know, that's the nature of being like, like breaking into the industry, at least, you know, like you have to pay your dues to an extent. You have to, you have to, you know, do the traveling. You have to break a few bucks before you can make a few bucks. And like, you know, like that's the nature of things that I wish things were like a little bit better. Like, I think that if you wrestle and you are like literally killing yourself in the ring, you should get paid for it every time. Even if it's like a lump sum, like a small, whatever, you should be getting paid for it because someone is in there killing themselves for you, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, I think like, you know, people should always be getting paid for that, no matter how long they've been wrestling or whatever, because I think it's a very serious thing because then it just diminishes wrestling to me. Because to me, it's like, oh, you as a promoter or you as whatever, don't value that wrestler. Right. You don't value wrestling, you know? And then to me, it's like, oh, but then you're going to pay everybody else or you're going to pay like one guy a ton of, you know, that's a whole other thing. So like that part annoys me a little bit because I'm like, oh, that's not really great. And then at the same time, the uncertainty of like knowing, okay, I'm taking this drive to, to Jersey or to PA or a five-hour drive to Maine or whatever, but I don't know if I'm really going to wrestle. Like I just said, maybe. And like I'm going on a maybe and stuff like that, you know? And I mean, that's the nature of breaking into the industry, but those are things that I wish would get a little bit better. Yeah. And I, I have noticed that things have gotten a lot better in terms of that, like at least I'm seeing it more so. I'm seeing a lot of companies try to be a little bit more direct at their yes. communication with wrestlers. Because I'm just like, I, I like, I'm, I'm like, be straight up with me. If you don't want to have me wrestle there, just tell me, and like, I'll get over it, and I'll just like try again in six or eight months after I've gotten more buzz or whatever, or blah 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 blah, doing whatever I need to do to improve or whatever. But you have to tell people that you don't just go, well, you can hop in the car and come over, but probably don't have anything for you. But you can help set up the ring, and it's just like that's part of paying dues. But at the same time, you gotta be real with people and not just manipulate people. Mm-hmm. So that to me is the indie part that I don't really like. But my favorite thing about indie wrestling is this indie part. The way you interact with fans, the way that like organic moments are created, because I don't feel like a big, like like even AEW, which is great. And I, I, I enjoy their product most of the time and stuff like that. And WWE, you know, I enjoy their product sometimes as well. You know, I'm not even going to like, you know, whatever. But 
my favorite thing about indie wrestling is anything can happen, you know? And these are the moments that are like really special because the fans got to be a part of it in such a way because they're right in front of you. Obviously, I'm speaking pre-pandemic, but they're like <laughs> right next to you, right in front of the ring. Sometimes they're like right on top of the ring and they're like, they're chanting, they're slamming their masks, they're, they're doing everything. And they're like, just the clapping, the energy, they're chanting random craziness, probably because you stepped in gum or something and that'll be a chant. Or maybe like, you, you, you messed up a move and that's a chant or whatever. Or maybe you just look really dumb because you got a bad haircut and that's a chant. And that's the fun to it because maybe in a WWE or an AEW or a TV uh, wrestling company, that's not a thing, you know? Maybe it's not. But I think indie wrestling is so much fun for that. And like to me, in indie wrestling, the crowd is like the most important thing because that's when you really feel them. That's when they really feel a part of the show. That's when they really change things. Because to me, I'm like, oh, I can listen to them and I can feel them. And more than anything else, I can give them what they want or what I perceive them to want. And I think that that's really fun to me. Excellent. So first of all, tell people where can they find you? Social media? <laughs> well, Big Game Leroy, at Big Game Leroy on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also add me on Facebook. I'm Leroy Green. Um, you can also find my Pro Wrestling Tea store uh, by Big Game Leroy slash well, prowrestlingtees.com slash by Big Game Leroy. And also give a shout out because also inspiration for uh, giving, you, giving you a hit up about an interview is our good friend Dutters, uh, my co-host for the awesome cast, who uh, is doing her radiation fashion show. Yes, I and, saw that. That uh, was so yes. awesome. That was really cool. That made my day. I really mean that. That made my day because I... I've never have a, had a, had anybody like do my 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 Indian playing games pose. Like I think that was cool, and I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. The switch and everything too. I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. <laughs> yes. Well, she uh, uh, when she she uh, well when she started radiation at the beginning of the year or was mm-hmm. diagnosed at the beginning of the year and completely just went all in as like I need something to do. She's Nintendo Switch and Animal Crossing like full on. <laughs> Yeah, so. no, Animal Crossing what got me through the early parts of quarantine yes. when I was depressed and I needed stuff to do. Yep. And I'm so happy for Animal Crossing. <laughs> That's good. She gives she gives great Animal Crossing uh updates every week on our tech show, the awesome cast. So <laughs> Oh nice. I gotta check that out. I definitely gotta check yeah, but, that out. <laughs> well, thank you. Hey, it was great meeting you. Uh uh and yeah. uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us, big game Leroy. Please everybody go check him out. If you don't know where to, uh the Polycall Party Two is uh up on uh, Twitch, YouTube, I believe, with uh Go Professional Wrestling. And yes, of course is. you got a lot of cool stuff out there. Just go go follow the social media and get a lot of that stuff and please support them over pro wrestling tees um you can support this podcast one by checking out the stuff over at indywrestling.us, and of course that also supports a lot of the talents and promotions that we work with and uh also you can support this show directly at patreon.com slash wrestling show wrestling mayhem show excuse me um <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com slash wrestling mayhem show where you'll get this the rest of the podcast plus we have a lot of behind the scenes interviews and moments and things that we do uh, uh put in there for well uh, as little as a dollar of you guys can contribute and we appreciate everybody that already does do that so thank you guys so much until next time please support indie wrestling This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.